Well, welcome to Infuse Church this morning. It's uh, good to see you all out and ready to dive into God for this year. Just got a word on my heart for this morning and uh, just want to uh, encourage us all about uh, God's love, that actually nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Nothing can. Nothing can. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. And I pray that as I speak, Lord God, that you would uh, plant it into the hearts and the minds of your people so that we can live in the truth of your word that says that nothing can separate us from your love. That it would affect every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. And that we could walk forward with confidence, with an assurance, with a trust, with a belief that nothing can separate us from your love. And I pray that today in Jesus' wonderful name. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Uh, I'll start at probably uh, verse 16. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Launching into this year, I really do feel that it's something that we, uh, uh, I'd like to establish as a baseline for us moving forward into this year, and that is understanding this whole thing about nothing can actually separate us from the love of God. I believe that the, uh, the greatest love that the world has ever known is God's love. It's, it's not the love of a man or a woman. Uh, it's, it's God's love. The greatest expression of, of, of love this world has ever seen is God's love. You know, <clears throat> the truth is that um, many la- love us Perhaps because we're cute, we're cuddly, we're affectionate, we're adorable. At least I know that's that's true about me. Um, Maybe we're rich, maybe we're fun to be around, or maybe they love us just because we're family. Well, truth is, if you're part of the family, they've got to love you. But not God. God's not wired that way at all. God loves us simply because he wants to. He chooses to love us. Why does he do that? In, in 1 John 4 verse 16, it says that he, he, God is love. That's why he loves us. He, to, to not love us would be for him to deny who he was. God loves you and he loves me because God is love. Listen to what God told Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 to 8. It says this, The Lord didn't set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people. He says, For you were actually the least of all the peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because... He would keep the oath which he swore to their ancestors, the people of God's ancestors, their fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage 
from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Because he loves you, you need to understand that just as he's done this for the people of God in the Old Testament, he will do that for you today. God will rescue you. God will come through for you. God will strengthen you. God will encourage you. God will heal you and set you free this morning. Praise God. I'm, the, the response that you guys are giving me today is better than just I could have ever expected. I thought, wow, what a point that they've just got behind that. And this, is, this is what God does for us. This is what God does for us. Surely it creates a quiver in someone's liver. See, the, th- the thing is this. We are all familiar with human love. Okay? There's puppy love. There's grandparent love. I know that because I've got that for my grandkids. There's a first love. There's a love for sport. There's a love for chocolate. There's so much sort of love that we can have around. But that's, that's all human love. And it's fickle. It's sporadic. It's temporary. And it's conditional. Just, just think of it. I'll love you if you love me. But if you don't love me... That's how we are. But, but God is love and his love is unconditional. It's constant. It's eternal. It's perfect. God's love comforts us. It's revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. God's love is poured into us through the Holy Spirit and he compels us to love one another. I've got no choice because God loves you. I've got to love you too. You've got to love me. We can't influence God's love because God is love. I can't influence God to love me any more or any less because God is love. He loves me anyway. Jesus didn't go to the cross because of our love for him or any influence that we placed on him. Jesus went to the cross because he loves us. It says in Romans 5.8, God demonstrated. He, 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 he modeled his love for us. He put his love into action by going to the cross for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us because he loves us. Jesus must really love us to do that. Because it was our sin that put him there. We look at some people around about and they've got money they've got good health they've got a great job their family and their marriage is blessed and we think that God must love them so much I mean look at how much he's blessed their lives and then we look at other people around about and we suddenly think you know they've got problems they're always sick you know they've poverty and they just don't have enough and and you know their their whole family I mean their family is plagued by problems and and their marriage is busting up and stuff and we think that you know God must not love them I mean look at all the problems they have you know what I mean it's just how, you know, that's rubbish it's absolute rubbish you need to turn to your neighbor and say you know what he's right that's rubbish <clears throat> it is it's rubbish can I tell you this morning that circumstances have nothing to do with God's love Circumstances have nothing to do with God's love. 
when, we, when everything seems to be going wrong, God still loves us. When everything seems to be going right, God still loves us. If we want to gauge God's love, don't look at circumstances, look at the cross. If you want to gauge how much he loves you, look at the cross. Look at the cross. You'll find everything that you need to understand about God's love right there. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, it says, The Lord has appeared to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Because of God's love, it's because you know, it's, it's the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. In other words, it's, their, it's the love of God that draws a person towards God himself. You know, we just need to partner together with God. You know, it's, it's, his love is already drawing on people's hearts. It's already drawing upon their lives. It's already, he's already working in their circumstance because he loves them so much. He's trying to get the message through to them that he loves them and wants a relationship with them. And we just need to partner together with that, recognizing that God's already at work in that person's life. We are never the first person to tell them about Jesus. Oh, I'll get fired up in a minute. Okay. How do we experience God's love? It's simple. It's so simple, in fact, even I got it. This is how we experience God's love. We accept it and we receive it. That's, that's done and dusted. Okay, let's go home. We, we simply accept it. We receive it. I, I want to read just a, a small piece of of Romans to you this morning and then start to take some things from it. It's Romans chapter 8 verses 28 to 39 and this is what it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge? Against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life. Is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death All day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this thing, why then? Why do we uh, go through stuff? You know, uh, how do we receive this this love that God has for us? You know, this this whole thing. 
about understanding that we need the love of God. You know, Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I love how the, the, the way that Paul leads up to this statement. In verse 28, he says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who, are, who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. It says, All things, all circumstances, all problems, all blessings, everything, because God loves us, he will bring good out of everything. Everything that happens. You, you, you might be sitting there thinking, how on earth can God bring good out of, out of a relative passing away? I don't know, but he does. I've just got to simply believe what the word of God says. Somehow he's going to bring good out of this. Because God loves us, he's going to bring good out of everything. Then Paul starts to ask a series of questions. In verse 31 of chapter 8, he says, What shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? See, that's a really good question. If God's for us, who can be against us? We might have asked this question in a different way. We might have said this, this question in this way. With everything and everybody against me, where's God? Where's God in all this? We all face challenges in ourselves, sickness, disease, aches and pains, doubts and fears. We experience challenges from other people, you know, the, the ones that are hard to get along with. They hurt our feelings, they, they disappoint us somehow. We face challenges from our circumstances, the things that don't go our way. God, this is not my plan for my life. This is not how I thought things were going to work out. What have you like forgotten what's going on here? The question is not how can I handle all that life throws at me? The question should be can God handle all that life throws at me? See, if God is for us, who can be against us? While we may have problems in life, I want to tell you something. God's not phased. It hasn't caught him off guard. There's no problem that God can't handle. That's how much he loves us. The question isn't, can God handle my problems? The question really is, will God handle my problems? Will he handle my problems? And Paul answers that question with a question. He goes on in verse 32, he says, God who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is a win-win. Not only do we get Jesus as our Lord and Savior, not only does he provide to us his love, his grace, his righteousness, his justification, everything that God gives to us. God gives us so much more than just Jesus. He gives us all things as well. If he's not withheld Jesus from us, why do we think that he's going to withhold just something that's lesser than Jesus? I nearly got saved then. 
God in his love gave us everything we need to meet life's problems. God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us on a cross. So if God loves us so much to do that for us, will he now forget all about us when we're going through something? No way will he forget you. God has too much love invested in us just to walk off and forget about us now. And we think this. This is what we think sometimes. We, we, we know ourselves. So we try to disqualify ourselves. That God doesn't really love us. Because we know ourselves. We, we, we try to disqualify ourselves. So we say, how could God love me? When I'm so unworthy of his love. He sees my life and he knows how I live. He knows when I fail him and he knows when I fail up to, to, to fail to live up to his love. love. There, there's too much sin in my life for God to love me. He, 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 he just you know, doesn't love me. How, how could God love me? See, we try to disqualify ourselves. But I love it about God that he qualifies us. He doesn't disqualify us. He qualifies us. Paul says this in verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It's God who just. That word justify means to uh, just as if I had never sinned. That's what it means. In a very simplistic way. It's just... Like righteousness, right standing with God. Into, intimacy means into me see. I love playing with words. Intimacy means into me see. So justify just as if I had never sinned. He counts me as innocent, not guilty. That's why we can't disqualify ourselves if God has qualified us. He says, no, no, sorry. This Gary... Is, he's justified. He's not guilty. He's innocent. I declare him innocent because he's, he believes upon my son Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that, that Jesus paid for this young man. I therefore count him as justified, just as if he'd never sinned. If God accepts us for who we really are and loves us anyway, why does anyone else's opinion even matter? People point, the, the, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're a Christian. Yeah, absolutely right I am. Absolutely right. And I know how bad I can be sometimes. But I want to tell you that there's a God who loves me anyway. There's a God who loves me anyway. And his love never, ever stops. It never, it's like a, a, a locomotive that comes towards you. It's not stopping. People criticize and condemn us. They gossip about us. They cheat on us. They find fault and they nitpick. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. God loves us so much that he doesn't even see our sin. All he sees is his son Jesus. Who justified us before the throne of grace. Jeremiah 31 verse 34 says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. 
in, in Hebrews chapter 8, he, the, the writer in Hebrews actually quotes this passage here. Because it's no longer about us trying to live up to the letter of the law. It's now God's placing his heart upon our heart. He says, I will, I will, I will. In other words, there's nothing we need to do except to believe of what Christ has done for us. It's his righteousness that we walk in. God loves us so much that nobody else's opinion matters but his. No one can sway God's opinion of you. It's like someone coming up to say, well, did you hear about Gary the other day? And, 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 and God says, actually, I know a lot more about Gary than you do. And I still love him. And he says that about you. Romans 8.35 says, who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Here's the truth, folks. Bad things happen to good people, but God still loves us. No tribulation can stop his love for you. No undergoing of a struggle, a trial, a temptation, suffering or affliction. No distress, no anguish, strain, agony, not, not knowing which way to turn or what to do. No persecution, not being abused or mistreated, neglected, harassed, attacked or injured. No famine, in, in other words, having, not having enough food, starving, having no way to secure food. Nakedness, when, where everything is stripped away from us and, and having all of our possessions taken away. No peril can separate us from the love of God, to be confronted by danger to our body, our mind, our soul, family or loved ones. No sword, whether to be killed or to be martyred for the faith. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, church. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's there, it's a constant. It's, it's, it's there, it's, it's going to be, always be there. No matter what you do or what you don't do, Christ loves you. God loves you this morning. And there's nothing that can stop that love. Perhaps in these circumstances, someone might think that we've been forsaken by God when all of this tribulation, the peril and, and what have you goes on. But God declares loudly and clearly in his word that he does love us, that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from Christ's love for us. Romans 8.37 says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can drive a wedge between us and God's love for us. Do you still need convincing? I sense that some may do, so I will proceed. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39 says this, For I am persuaded... Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, neither things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He, he says, Paul says, I'm persuaded. In other words, he's convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's nothing that anyone can say that's going to sway him any other way. He's convinced that nothing can separate him from God's love. We've never lived a day, a minute, a second when God did not love us. 
We may have hidden in shame from God like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but God still loves us. We might have deserted him like the disciples did, but God still loves us. We might have denied him like Peter did, but God still loves us. We may have doubted him like Thomas did, but God still loves us. We may have betrayed him like Judas did, but God still loves us, church. God still loves you doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. God loves you. And nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What a great way to start the year. Knowing that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. That whatever is going on in my life, that God still loves me. I may be going through the, one of the greatest challenges of my life. One of the greatest health challenges I've ever had. One of the greatest financial challenges I've ever had. But God still loves me. Through thick and thin, the good times and the bad times, God still loves us. We never leave his mind. His thoughts, we never leave his thoughts. We're never out of his sight. Read Psalm 139, my goodness. The thoughts that he has towards us. We never leave his sight. He sees the worst in us and loves us anyway. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I've said it before, I've loved you with an everlasting love, God says. When we're sick or in pain, God still loves us. When we're sorry for the sin that we've done and feel that God can't forgive us, God still loves us. God could never love us any more than he does already, right now. We can't get any more of God's love because God is love. And we think that God will love us more if we swear less, if we drink less, if we sin less. And we think that God will love us more if, if we pray more, if we study more, if we go to church more. While these things might be an indicator of our love for God, of our love for God, of how we love God, they don't impact or change God's love for us one bit. Why? Verse 39 says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, God's love isn't based in us. It's based in Jesus. Based in Jesus. As I wrap this up this morning, it's God's love, is God's love for us real to us this morning? Is God's love for you real? Do you, do you understand how much God loves you this morning? Do you understand how much he, he cares and, and longs for you and has a desire to walk in, 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 in relationship, close, intimate relationship with you? Romans 5.5 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. See, we have a capacity to know, to feel, to enjoy, and to experience God's love. How? Because of the indwelling of the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that shares and, 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 and illuminates our own lives, our spirits, our minds, our hearts, our bodies to the presence and the love of God in and around about us. How about this, this year? How about this year? That we, we let God's love saturate our lives 
through meditating on his word about his love for us. Here's some scriptures you might like to write these down. But this, this, this week, this year, what if all you did was to camp in these few scriptures here to make God's love for you come alive to you? What, what if, if you just start to sit, sit down and you, you pulled apart these passages of Scripture and you said, God, would you show me and, and help me to experience and to encounter your love for me through these passages? And this is just a small sample. You, you, Mr. Google has so many more. If you were to ask Mr. Google about the love of God, I'm sure it could spit out 25 verses about the love of God. It could shoot, shoot out 40 verses on the love of God for you. What, what, what could happen? Here's an easier way of writing these scriptures down. Take a photo. I'll be in it. How about you think about and study these scriptures? How about you believe them? Is it possible that you could believe God's word this morning? Is it possible that you could believe him? What would happen? See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. How about we actually spoke these words out loud? Maybe we recorded them on our devices. And maybe we played them back to ourselves or we said them to ourselves. We got in front of a mirror and you gave yourself a really, really good talking to. And you said... For God so loved Gary that he gave his only begotten son. And because you believe in him, you're not going to die. You're going to have eternal life. What would, what would happen? What could happen? What could change? What could change? What are the possibilities this morning? Let's immerse ourselves in his love. Let's fill our lives with his love. Let his love for us overpower us, indwell us, and surround us this year. What could happen? Let's stand this morning. This, this is something I felt God lay on my heart for us this, this year, to start this year with, understanding the love of God for us. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can. Nothing can. Not you on your worst day can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can. Not you on your best day can make you any more loved by God than you are right here and right now. I'm just going to ask people to bow your heads this morning. I don't want people looking around. I don't know where everyone's at this morning. But I want to give people a chance to, to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to tell you right now, no matter where you are, who you are, what you have or haven't done, that God loves you right now. God loves you right now. There's not been a moment in your existence where God has not loved you. But this morning, maybe you've never really realized that God loves you so much and that he actually gave you 
His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sin. So that you can live forever if you believe in what Jesus has done for you. This morning, you maybe have never asked God to come into your life and be your Lord and to be your Savior. But this morning, you just feel like that's, today's the day. You need to do this today. Is there anyone here this morning? You just want to give your life to Christ. You've never done it before, but this morning you want to do it. Is there anyone here? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can pray for you. I know who I'm praying for. Is there anyone here this morning? Anyone this morning? That's okay. This morning, maybe you just didn't realize how much God actually does love you. You've given your heart to Him. You're living your life the best way that you know how. You're involving God in it. But you've never understood exactly how much God loves you. And this morning, there's a desire in you to want to know the love of God for you personally more than anything else. And you want to use this year as a means of getting to know Him more intimately and to experience His love and to encounter that love. If that's you this morning, again, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up because I want to pray for people this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Just put your hand. If you just want to experience His love in a greater measure, my hand goes up. I want that. Are there others this morning? I don't want people to miss out. I'm not saying that you know, you're going to miss out because you didn't put your hand up. I'm just simply saying it's an outward demonstration of an inward decision. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I pray that everyone who's put their hands up and said, Lord, I want to know your love more. I want to experience it in my world. I want to experience it in my family. I want to know it. I want to know it. I want to know it. Heavenly Father, would you, from this moment forward, continue to speak to us, to show us, to demonstrate to us, to remind us of your love for us. When we're in our, in our worst of the worst moment, when we've done stuff that's wrong, we, we've, we've spoken to someone harshly, we've, we've done things that we know you wouldn't do. And we're trying to talk ourselves out of your love for us. We're thinking, how could I ever say that I love God? In those moments, would you shine your love the brightest? Would you help us to realize your love the greatest? And help us to understand that nothing, that nothing can separate us from your love. In Jesus' name, amen.